and welcome to another edition of the Hitting Hardwood Podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen, and what a free agency it's been so far. What an offseason it's been so far in the WNBA. There's been movement all over the, the league. Um, that includes the Minnesota Lynx with adding a, a, a trio of different players as well as training camp signings. There's been news about players re-signing, leaving Minnesota, um, and that's been true for all around the league. So it, it's been a really exciting um, start to the official signing uh, period in free agency, which began February 1st, um, as teams continue to look to to build um, their rosters ahead of the 2024 season. We still have, obviously, the WNBA draft coming up. Um, so it, it will be um, a really interesting rest of the offseason, as it has been already so far. Um, but it, uh, it, it's been, been a lot of fun to follow as, as a fan and, and somebody who covers this league. It's, it's been a lot of fun, as have been the last off, uh, few offseasons. With that said, I'm really excited for the guests that we have on the podcast this week. Stephen Prejean Gardner, who closely covers the Chicago Sky, um, as well as other NBA coverage and WNBA coverage that he does provide. He does a lot of great work. Um, but it was really fun to, to kind of pick his brain and chat with him this week about those new signings that I just mentioned, um, those link signings, notably uh, Courtney Williams and Elena Smith, um, the, the two biggest new pieces with, with this team that they added in free agency. Um, it was a really great conversation to, to, to kind of dive into everything with him, what, what the Lynx fans and what, what you know, WNBA fans can expect out of those two players, what they can bring to Minnesota, and everything in between. So it was a really great conversation with him, um, talking about everything WNBA, Minnesota Lynx, Chicago Sky related. Um, so without further ado, let's jump right into the podcast with Steven. Steven, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Mitch. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me. This is this is the first. You're you're a podcast for you're a, a, the first first time appearing on the podcast. So I appreciate you joining. Um, it, it, before we jump into things, um, if if you could, people who who are listening, they should be following your work already. You do a lot of great stuff. But if you could just um, kind of outline where where they can find your work, where they can find um, you on social media and everything in between. Yeah, my uh, my social media handle is at stay true s.3 s-t-a-y-t-r-u-e-s-d-o-t and the number three um always talking basketball always willing to talk basketball when you're as long as you're trying to do so in a conducive manner and there's no trolling and all of that other stuff if you're genuinely trying to learn or trying to just exchange or you know whatever the case may be i'm always 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 down to talk hoop um and also on my youtube channel it's my first name and then my last name. So Steven, that's T-P-H-E-N, uh, Prejean, P-R-I-D-G-E-O-N-G-A-R-N-E-R, and the number three. I'm always doing film sessions on the W as well as the NBA. And, um, yeah, with the trade deadline coming up on the NBA side, um, if any of the teams that I cover have a trade going on, I'll likely be doing film sessions on those players, talking about how they fit, what might be a struggle, and things of that nature. And actually the same way with the W. Uh, with free agency coming along absolutely yeah kind of uh talking about um you know free agency it's it's been been kind of wild i mean it's been you know just basketball world in general nba wnba it's it's been mm -hmm. wild right now with with the trade deadline um all of that news and then obviously the the free agency news the offseason news and the wnba which um you know that that's kind of the reason um one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on on the podcast was um, you you have a, a familiar tie with with some of the new faces on on the Lynx team, which we'll dive into that here in a little bit. But 
Um, before we before we jump into that, I, I just wanted to kind of get your thoughts on on free agency so far, the offseason so far, not necessarily for for the teams we're uh, kind of more so involved with, but just the league in general. What are your thoughts on everything so far? Honestly, man, I appreciate the fluidity of everything because over the last maybe three free agency periods now, we've seen player empowerment take more of a precedent where players are not feeling that they need to be attached or latched or locked in with the franchise just off of loyalty for obvious reasons on the business side, because teams are always going to do what's in their best interest. And it seems like as the superstar players have become more vocal, CBA negotiations and all of those fun intricacies within everything are continuing to evolve. And now we're seeing players like Brianna Stewart, who spent the majority of her career in a winning fashion with the Seattle Storm, feel the liberty, no pun intended, to take her talents over to New York. And we're, we've seen the same with a player like John Quill Jones. And we just saw it most recently with Neko Agumake, mm-hmm. a longtime mainstay whose name has grown synonymous with the Los Angeles Sparks, feel more than comfortable with cutting her ties and taking her liberty in the free agency and ultimately making the decision that she feels is best for herself. And I think a lot of players are continuing to align themselves with that mindset. And I feel like it's only right. And it really seems like the franchises that are investing um, intentionally and abundantly into the resources they have to present two players on their roster are starting to receive the players that they're in desire of with more frequency. That's how the Seattle Storm can pivot from the Sue Bird and Breonna Stewart era, only have one season in a quote-unquote rebuild, and then they're able to retool and insulate new franchise player uh, Jewel Lloyd with teammates the likes of Skylar Diggins-Smith teammates the likes of Neko Ogumake. And, you know, that's just kind of the space that we're in. You see the same thing with the Phoenix Mercury and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been, I, I would say probably even the last couple of years has, have, it's, that's increased quite a bit. I mean, you look at, you know, I think of Neko's longtime, um, you know, teammate Candace Parker, um, you know, yeah. obviously heard kind of jumping from team to team. A lot of times in the past, you've seen a lot of I'm not saying they're they're not loyal now, but you've seen a lot of loyalty where they just stay with the same organization where now it's, you know, it's more of kind of the NBA uh, format or kind of that that mindset of, OK, we got to we got to jump to try and take down the top teams in the league or we got to team up and, and kind of, um, you know, try and win a championship. And and that's that's the, the nice thing or kind of the cool thing about the WNBA is you can you know, organization wise. And from that standpoint, you can, you can turn things around really fast. Like, like you said, Seattle or um, yeah, Seattle, um, you know, having a down year this year and they, they, they're all, they will obviously improve, um, you know, this upcoming season with just the moves that they've made already this off season. So it's, it's, it's cool to, to see that. Um, and, and it's not like you, you have a rebuild, a, a multi-year rebuild, or, you know, maybe a three, four five year rebuild um, like you maybe have seen in years past. Um, so it, it's cool to to see that fluctuation. And I think it's good for also the interest of the league, um, you know, in people, you know, monitoring what's going on, um, keeping that interest in, in seeing where players are going, um, people, you know, kind of tapping into to see what's going on in free agency when otherwise maybe it wasn't as, you know, exciting as it was in, in past years. So that's that's fun as, as just a fan in general, seeing seeing the change, um, because mm-hmm. that, that also keeps it kind of entertaining and exciting at the same time. And it makes you know, in, in a, in, you know, the, the WNBA has such a short span of the season that sometimes it gets forgotten in the off season or it's kind of quiet in the off season where now it's not the case where it's a year round thing 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's great for the league. It's great for the exposure and it's great for the growth of the league. Um, and, mm-hmm. and it also speaks to the talent that's there too. And seeing the, you know, the, the talent that's fluctuating and, and shifting around and the amount of talent that is in this league um, is, is continuing to grow and will continue to grow from here on out. So I, I do think I agree. It, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's, you know, we're only, uh, you know, with the official signing period, we're only, you know, about a week or two in, but it, it's, yeah. it's still wild and it's, there's more to come and it, it'll still be fun and to, to kind of see how these, these rosters, um, you know, round out through, you know, through the off season leading up to, to the 2024 season. And then we have the draft. I mean, that, that's, that's also yeah. going to be a, it's going to be an interesting draft this year, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the talent that could come out or, you know, even if half the talent that does, you know, potentially could come out, does come out, it's still going to be a good draft. So that'll, that'll be exciting as well. Um, you know, when, when it comes to the the two teams that were a little, you know, closely tied to Minnesota and Chicago, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, the off seasons that, that both of them have, have had, I mean, there's been kind of two different spectrums as far as change um, with, with both organizations. What are your thoughts on what both teams are, were able to do so far? Well, let's start with the the Minnesota Lynx. I feel like they have improved the context around Nafisa Collier and Diamond Miller in a, a rather interesting way. Mm-hmm. And I think you can start, by looking at the guards that they've added to the room. And that's adding Letitia Heidemann and Courtney Williams. The last time we saw those two players, uh, Mitchell, can you remind myself and the audience where they were when on their final stage? I don't – you got me stumped there. I don't I don't know. Where <laughs> They were in the finals. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah they were in right, the finals. In 2022, okay. those two. I got to were... brush up on my facts here. <laughs> I caught you off guard on that <laughs> one. That's on me. <laughs> yeah, they, so we saw those two spearheading on a team that was obviously led by um, Alyssa Thomas as well as Dewana Bonner. We saw those two spearheading a series comeback against the Chicago Sky. So where they, the Sky just couldn't find a guard outside of Rebecca Gardner that could stay in front of those two players. Obviously, Kalia Copper and everyone else was dealing with the task of guarding players like Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas. But on the ancillary end, um, yeah, the, 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 the sky just couldn't find a way to stay in front of those two players. And they were consistently getting downhill. And they had a type of synergy about their play in tandem with each other that really helped to elevate the floor of the Connecticut Sun. And then ultimately make the timely plays needed in scoring as well as facilitating um, around the context of obviously Dewana Barner and Alyssa Thomas to ultimately win that series in comeback fashion and then play in a competitive nature with a team with obviously the most top end talents in the 2022 season being the Las Vegas Aces, who obviously also ultimately won the championship that season. Um, so adding a championship caliber backcourt to a team that already has Nafisa Collier, who's now going to be back for a full season. And also fully in rotation. There's no ramp up period. She's just going to be where she is as a top five, top six player in the W. Mm-hmm. Adding players like that around the context that those two bring between her and Diamond Miller is going to be fun to see how those synergies all come together. And then um, you also add a piece like Alana Smith, who's coming in. And I think that I don't think people really understood just how impactful of a player that she is. Um, it's not always box score related. She does a lot of ancillary things on the margins that really just help to keep a team afloat to win the 50-50 ball, set good screens, be able to pop and play connector and things of that nature. 
it's all going to be really good seeing them in the context that Cheryl Reeve has with the team and the roster that she now has going into the 2024 season. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts about everything that the Minnesota Lynx have done? I, I think that, you know, the ATOP going into the offseason was the point guard position. What were they going to do with the point guard position? Were they going to go in the draft? Were they going to dip into free agency? Were they going to stick with what they had last year? Mm-hmm. Um, all of which would have been fine routes. I think that what they did was probably the best case scenario um, in adding depth. They've, they, they now have that position kind of solidified and figured out for really the first time since Lindsey Whalen was, you know, for you know last played for the Lynx. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's important. And they also have some veteran presence there. Um, that is a very key thing too, um, with that position specifically. I mean, I, you, you see it around, you know, the game in general, whatever league you're talking about, having that veteran presence, that veteran guard um, makes a difference. And not only did they add one of those, they added two of those. Um, so I, I think that that was a, a very um, key thing. And I'm with you with, with Landa Smith. Um, you know, I will talk a little bit about, you know, the pairing of her and Courtney Williams here in a little bit, but the, the pair, those two, um, you know, the chemistry they built last year um, with Chicago, you know, being able to carry that over, um, I think will, will pay off and will be, um, you know, a, a good pairing for, for this, you know, this upcoming season for years to come for, for the links. Um, but the, the pieces they did add and kind of the, the realignment of this team, um, to mm-hmm. some regard. I mean, you, 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 they, you know, you talk about the additions, talk about the subtractions that they, you know, kind of traded off in, in that, um, you know, in those additions of those free agent signings or those trades. I mean, you look at Tiffany Mitchell, Rachel Bannum, um, mm-hmm. and Lindsay Allen, they're all gone, but they bring in talent. They bring in maybe players that align them a little bit better. Um, and, and they, you know, the, the Tiffany Mitchell thing, I think that Minnesota wanted that to work out where she could come in and play, play the guard that didn't ultimately, um, you know, end up working out. So, uh, you know, it's, it's maybe best for both sides to kind of move on and give her a start where she, or give her a, a chance to kind of, you know, be in a position where she can use her skill set a little bit more um, in yeah. Connecticut. So I, mm-hmm. overall, I, I think it's a very strong off season so far. I, obviously it's um, they, they still have more to add um, when it comes to, um, you know, the, the draft or, or depth wise with, with this team. I mean, you, you talk about like Jess Shepard and um, you know, Nina Milich are, are, not going to be playing in 2024. So they, they lack a little bit of depth in the paint in the post. Um, so that's something that maybe they could um, you know, either, you know, address yet this off season, or they could address in the draft um, or, or via trade, whatever that may be. So it, it, I think, like I said, it, it aligns in a little bit better. It, it plays to the skill set of, of Nafisa Collier um, in, in what she does well. And that's something that, you know, Cheryl Reeve has talked about the last few off seasons that they're focused on what feed as well and build off of that and center everything around her. And she's at the center of everything, which she should be. Cause like you said, she's a top five, six player in this league. Um, so I, like I said, I, I'm a big fan of, of what they did um, going into the off season. I, you know, I, I thought maybe, you know, Natasha cloud would, would be an intriguing uh, player to try and go out and sign Same. Um, beyond that. I, I was a fan of Courtney Williams. I, I thought that she fit what Minnesota does really well. Um, and then once Elena Smith came over, I was even, you know, even more convinced that, that, you know, I thought Minnesota should go out and uh, get Courtney Williams. So seeing that happen, um, I'm a fan of it. Um, I, I think it's a good, uh, not, not necessarily a trade-off of, um, you know, either Na- Natasha Cloud or Elena Smith and Courtney Williams, but I think that that's maybe a, a, a better option as far as, um, you know, being able to add to this team and add to the depth of this team. So I, I, I think it's a, it's been a, a great off season so far and, um, 
you know, it also doesn't strap Minnesota down as far as overpaying mm-hmm. or kind of overspending mm-hmm. like they did a couple of years ago. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a good sign. But what, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, Chicago's off season so far, it's been, been kind of an interesting off season to see what, you know, obviously that this team has, has made some, some additions, some, some major subtractions too, but um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on what has happened and kind of maybe the, the, the direction of, of this organization right now? Yeah, it has been um, needless to say, uh, under extremely very, very, very underwhelming off season for the Chicago sky. Um, and especially with the rapid succession at which the dominoes are falling for this team. Um, more and more not in the favor of uh, contending or being a playoff team. And that's a tough pill to swallow when you when you add a coach that has the gravitas as a legend in the game of uh, Teresa Weatherspoon. Now, obviously, she's going to be up to task in terms of putting her stamp on this team in a new era with a new identity, uh, even more so now with Kalia Copper being out of the picture. Uh, but that's a tough hand to be dealt, especially when you come into a situation expecting one thing. Um, and if not one thing, expecting to have one piece available to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of trek forward into your into your new era with. And then that piece is now gone. Um, I think there's no better place to start with speaking on the sky than to start with uh, with the front office and ownership, because they have not been up to task the last handful of seasons now. And those things continue to hamstring anything that a coach, James Wade, or now obviously Teresa Witherspoon might want to do in terms of the roster because they don't have the optimized roster to facilitate to being able to compete with the arms race in terms of attracting free agents and keeping players even more than attracting free agents on your roster. You can't compete with what you can't compare to. And when your front office is not facilitating to the team the way that they need, like we talked about in the opening with teams having a competitive advantage they have either in the, in the works, their own practice facilities and lockers and things of that nature for their players versus the teams that don't. There's a lot more teams in the league by the years that's passing that do, or that have plans to do so versus the teams that don't. And when you're a team that doesn't, you know, you're, you just, you just can't compare to that. And that's going to be an issue and a hurdle that comes up in contract negotiations. When you speak to players that are potentially thinking about coming to your franchise. And I feel like that's a lot of what we saw over the past off season, mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately led to after signing a contract extension through 2025 at the end of this past season, Kalia Copper ultimately decided to um, request a trade from the franchise. Again, a very tough pill to swallow, but when you look at the timeline and at the context of how things have happened over the last couple of seasons, the writing wasn't necessarily on the wall, but this couldn't be um, said to be completely out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. And uh, now we look at a team that is, uh, especially compared to what they looked like the last couple of seasons, stemming from the 2021 championship, uh, looks like a shell of itself in that sense. And there's going to be a lot of newness in terms of um, the expectations applied to this team going into this new rendition. Yeah. What have been your kind of uh, perspectives on everything that's been going on in Chicago? It just, it, to me, it, it almost seems, so the moves are, are to me kind of puzzling um, and you can tell they're, they're trying to figure things out yet, which, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, that, that, you know, players see that lack of um, kind of direction, that lack of vision. Um, and, and that's, that's the first and foremost thing that needs to happen is, is getting on the same page. That's why it, it is maybe, you know, good to, 
to kind of start fresh with a new coach, new front office, all of that kind of stuff, kind of get aligned in a vision, um, in a direction for this franchise. And then once mm -hmm. you can do that, that's that, you know, players start seeing that um, and, and you just kind of build from there. But it is going to take, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. I know fans don't want to hear it. Um, it's tough to tough to hear, but, um, you know, they're they're back to square one and, and trying to figure things out. And, um, you know, that that starts from the top all the way down. Um, and it, like I said, it, it is just a little, little surprising, just kind of some of the moves that they they've made and just kind of the roster that's assembled right now, obviously there could be more moves that come, um, they could figure other things out. Um, but it, it, it is just, it, to me as an outsider, it, it almost seems like there's just, you know, maybe a mix of, of direction or kind of a vision, um, with this franchise, which they, they have to figure out if, if you want to be successful, you have to be, have to be aligned to be on the same page in, in that regard, but it. Yeah, it's been kind of interesting, um, I would say. Um, but but one player that they do have, um, which a lot of a lot of Lynx fans are are familiar with, is is Lindsay Allen. Um, she you know she stepped into the starting role um, you know, this past season in Minnesota. She mm -hmm. um, to some extent had kind of an up and down year. Um, obviously, health was a big issue with that. But um, what what are your thoughts on on what um, are on that signing? I guess, and and we can kind of dive into her game a little bit too, if you want to want to talk about that as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a common ground point to kind of piggyback off of uh, going into what the Lynx had and what the Sky have now. Um, mm -hmm. So I think uh, Lindsay is she's the type of player that this team is needing um, going into everything that's after the era that they had um, Courtney Williams with. And even before Courtney having um, Courtney Vandersloot. So this team is kind of used to having some type of stability at the point guard position. Obviously, when you lose on Courtney Williams, and then you also lose on somebody like Natasha Cloud and Skylar Diggins-Smith, you have to find a piece of stability to pivot to just to get your offense in into sets and actions in an efficient manner. And Lindsey Allen is certainly a player that can do that and do that with, with relative ease, regardless of anything else that she might bring to the table. One thing she's going to do is get you into your offense efficiently and effectively. Um, just kind of looking at some of her film and then also looking at some of the games that I saw from her last season, uh, the Minnesota Lynx were at their best last season, especially when she, when she officially got to starting uh, after that first month and a half of the season. They were at their best when she was on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, outside of when Nafisa Collier was on the floor, she was the – she was the best piece for them to have. I'm um, just looking at the the metrics and plus or minus and net rating and things of that nature. Um, and I think the Minnesota Lynx kind of missed her in that latter stretch of the season when she got hurt, like you mentioned. And she didn't play in the playoffs last season either as mm -hmm. well, right? She had yeah, a I, injury at the end of the year. Correct, correct. So I think in terms of them being competitive in that first round series, they also kind of missed just having – you know, that stability, like I mentioned, at the point guard position. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that she's going to bring to the sky. I'm curious to see um, how the competition for the starting role goes between her and Dana Evans. But it'll be um, it'll be fun to see how her uh, impact as a as a veteran in the game, um, how she can help to um, potentially make Dana Evans a better basketball player just off of having that stability and having somebody that can – give you so much of a breadth of um of knowledge that you might not have had priorly. Um, and I think all of that kind of long-term looking at Dana Evans is going to play to her favor because she came into the league learning from Courtney Vandersloot in her prime. And then she goes from Courtney Vandersloot to Courtney Williams. And then she goes from Courtney Williams to, you know, Lindsey Allen. That's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of 
very solid to all-time great level point guard play that you're learning from on a daily basis. And I think the long-term play there is going to be for Dana to take that knowledge and apply it to her game, make her more of a well-rounded point guard going into the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's the nice thing with, with Lindsay Allen is she's, she's just steady. You know what you're getting. Um, she's yeah. very, um, that maybe she lacks a little consistency as far as, you know, her deep ball game, obviously being healthy is a big thing for her. Um, and, and, you know, I think she could work a little bit on her offensive game as well, just just being more consistent in that area. But um, you know what you're getting? You're, you're getting a floor general. You're getting a, a consistent um, guard. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's that's ultimately what you want, whether she's you know going to be starting or coming off the bench. Um, I think it's maybe even a little bit more important coming off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. But, it you know, it, it she's. She's she has that experience now. I mean that that's nothing to nothing to you know to overlook. Um, you know she she has that starting experience if she needs to or when her number is called. Um, she has that experience of of playing both roles, coming off the bench and, and starting. So that that's a you know a valuable thing for a team like Chicago, who's kind of you know trying to search for what their roster needs to look like or get a feel for for who they want um, with this organization moving forward. And she's still young. That's that's the other thing. Um, so it, it, at the very least, it's worth taking a chance on her and, and seeing what you can get. Um, you know, it's not a, a you know, a, a high risk type of um, decision um, and it, it could, you know, end up being a high reward type of move. Yeah. Um, so it's it's something I, you know, before the Natisha Heideman thing, I, I uh, Natisha Heideman trade to Minnesota. I was in favor of you know, Minnesota trying to re-sign Lindsay Allen to, to come off the bench. Um, I, I don't know if there was, you know, interest in there if Lindsay Allen wanted to, to kind of, you know, start some refreshing, maybe get a bigger role somewhere else. Um, and, and I, you know, that she found that maybe she found that in Chicago. Um, it's, it's, I think it'll be, a um, you know, a nice uh, addition for this guy. And, and she's, you know, she's also just a player that that'll go out there and she's just kind of, she grinds, she, she just gets the job done. And, um, and like you said, she was a very stable uh, guard for Minnesota last year in, in, in mm-hmm. a season and kind of on a team that was searching for that. Um, so that that's something that's valuable that I think she'll provide to to Chicago. But um, when it, let, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, I kind of wanted to pick your brain um, a little bit, too, on on Courtney Williams and um, Elena Smith. Um, obviously, they, they they played together last year with with Chicago. But what do you think? Um, or I guess what what if what do you think fans should expect out of out of both of them um, in in their first year in Minnesota this summer? So I think a lot like James Wade led teams with Chicago Sky fans and people who watch the W um, know a lot about. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of similarities between his approach to the game and the kind of blue collar, um, the blue collar identity that his teams typically have that can also be said for Cheryl Reeves and her teams. And I think a player like Courtney Williams, who has, she's kind of like a, um, she's like an X factor wild card type of player um, where she brings a change of pace to things. So for a coach that I'm not going to say is like militant, but she's very much, um, she demands a lot out of her players, not unlike James Wade did. Mm-hmm. I think Courtney bridges that gap and brings some fun and some more personality and a different type of flavor to teams. Now, that obviously has to be um, catered to in an appropriate manner, but I feel like if done so, and obviously there's an abundance of leadership with the Minnesota League's organization, so I don't see it being an issue, I think it can play to your favor. Um, Not unlike we've seen in two stints with her um, going to, from, and then back to Connecticut as well under Kurt Miller. 
Uh, that's a that's a franchise that has a certain mystique about it, not unlike the Minnesota Lynx do. And I think Courtney can add to the culture and make it a little bit more um, bridge that between kind of some of the older heads on the team and the younger players like Diamond Miller. Um, and just, like I said, making things more fun. But in addition to that, being one of the best players in pick and roll and for the Minnesota Lynx to have that, which Lindsey Allen also brought the pick and roll effectiveness. But I think the threat, the, the dual threat of Courtney being a playmaker for herself, but also for others and being able to operate in that mid-range area of the floor consistently is going to be something that is fun to track, seeing her have a pick and roll partner like Nafisa Collier. I think there's, especially when you get to what Courtney Williams did with the with the Chicago Sky last season, uh, we'll get to her talking about her partnership with Atlanta Smith and Elizabeth Williams. But what she can do with Nafisa and making things a little bit easier in empty corner pick and rolls, empty side pick and rolls, is going to be just a different type of dynamic that this team just hasn't had, like you said, since Lindsey Whalen was down in the position. And uh, Courtney being able to just have that type of synergy with multiple pieces on the roster is going to be extremely impactful. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on what Courtney Williams can bring to this team and what do you think she can uh, change for this team? I, I do agree with you that that the her her playmaking ability, I think, is different than what Minnesota has had. Even you could even argue with with Lindsey Whalen. Now, Lindsey Whalen was the kind of player that could take games over if she needed to um, for mm -hmm. herself. Mm -hmm. um, but but she wasn't somebody that, you know, needed, you know, needed to, to score or was the primary scorer on the offense and, or within the offense. And I think that that's very similar to to Courtney Williams. She she's able to, um, you know, she's able to to do, you know, multiple things. She's able to facilitate. She's able to, you know, she she can, you know, crash the boards if she she needs to. Yeah. Um, which yep. is big for for that, you know, that guard position. She can also take games over if if other players are struggling. Um, and that's something that, you know, Cheryl Reeve has talked about this team needing. They need that third option. They need somebody, you know, beyond Kale McBride and Nafisa Collier. Um, I think that, you know, Diamond Miller hopefully will kind of emerge into that that third option um, eventually mm -hmm. either this season or as her uh, career progresses. But um, right now that's Courtney Williams, and, and that's that's a great addition to have. That's something that, you know, Minnesota didn't even have with Lindsey Allen. Um, or not consistently with Lindsay Allen, I should say, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think, you know, her, she, she's a very, Courtney Williams is a very Cheryl Reeve type point guard. She's kind of like a Lindsay Whalen to some, some regard, like she's a grinder. She'll go, she, she'll go dive on the floor. She'll, she'll be running all over the place. She's, she's that kind of player. Um, and, and she's a high energy, that personality that I think will, will resonate well with, with this team and the fan base. Um, and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I'm a big fan of, of her addition to this team and what she can bring as well as you even think about Natisha Heidemann coming off the bench. That's, that's a great pairing, I think with, mm -hmm. with those two. Um, but, but what do you think about, um, you talked a little bit about, um, Elena Smith and, and what she could bring, but what, what do you think she provides this team with? Um, you know, she, she kind of seems like she has a lot of upside and she's still young. She kind of just broke onto the scene last year, but what do you think that she could bring, um, you know, alongside Courtney Williams with this team? I think it was a very timely signing uh, by Cheryl Reeves and company just because the fact that Jessica Shepard is not going to be with the team because it is a prioritization, correct? She, yeah, she will be overseas um, and she, yeah, yeah, prioritization. She won't be uh, here back in time. So she's sitting out the year. So having, having a player like Alana Smith to be in place of that, which, which Jessica Shepard brought to your team, obviously helped in abundance. Um, that's a major, major, major signing. Mm -hmm. And I think 
Atlanta is the type of player that, uh, in a unique manner from how Courtney Williams would benefit from the context that the Lynx provide, I think they both add to it. And for Atlanta, it's all of the ancillary things. You talked about grabbing 50-50 balls and diving on the floor. That's Courtney Williams, but that's also very much Atlanta Smith as well. Um, she's just the type of player that she can toggle through multiple different multiple different hats over the course of 40 minutes. And she can be a secondary scorer in the um, lineups, depending on how you decide to structure them. Uh, she can be your main screener and be able to not just play off of the pop and play off of three-point attempts. She can catch those and play off the attack. She can also get into post play a little bit. She can make play make on a short roll a little bit. And she's just kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, or a Swiss Army knife, if you will. Mm -hmm. And all of those things that I speak to on the offensive end also translate even more so to the defensive end, where I feel like her impact is most felt. Um, she's the type of player that brings a different type of level of uh, scheme versatility, um, as well as lineup versatility to unlock for your team. I think she can play next to any of the Lynx front court pieces, and you can expect to get positive play from the defensive side of the ball. Um, she can switch out on guards and, and guard a yard and contain the ball without necessarily needing a double team to come. She can guard in the post. She can guard a pick and roll, hedging out, flattening out. Um, she can play drop coverage and do it effectively. She's just she's just such a good piece that brings so many different dynamics to the team. And like I mentioned, in place of Jessica Shepard, um, you really can't do much better in terms of what was available on the market at an attainable price. So mm -hmm. I think they hit that one out of the park. That was a home run hit for a Cheryl Reeve and company. And I think they're going to see great benefits from having her um, next to Nafisa or Yuhas. Uh, right. I, and, and that's one thing that, you know, we've seen with this Lynx team over the last few years is having those versatile pieces, having those, those players yeah. that can play multiple positions, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily have the traditional, you know, looking lineup where you have a, you know, a, a small guard and a, you know, a big post like they had with, you know, let's say Sylvia Fowles when she was in, in Minnesota before she retired. Um, mm -hmm. Right now they, they have a very versatile lineup. They have players that can play anywhere really. And, and not saying that the guards would play in the post, but you, 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 they can switch between a couple different guard positions um, yep. and, and the other, the same way it goes for, for the, the, the post in the paint. But yeah, that, that's one thing that's really intriguing about this lineup and, um, one thing that, you know, Minnesota has kind of shifted over the last um, year or two is is kind of suiting Nafisa Collier's style of play in that they want to run the run the floor, uh, you know, push the pace and, and kind of increase that pace. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that's something that all of these moves have have that in mind. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think that that will, um, you know, it, it'll only build on to, you know, Nafisa Collier's MVP caliber season that she had last year. I mean, I think it'll end up, you know, benefiting this team in, in the long run. But I, I agree with you. I, I really do like those two moves. Um, and, and, and not that, uh, you know, I, I was a fan of, of, you know, them them pulling them pulling away from your sky. But I, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I am a fan of of them being in Minnesota, and I think that they they they're very nice additions, um, as well as the other additions that that Minnesota did make this offseason so far. When it comes to 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 kind of the the let's let's start. I know it's still early and still we still have a lot to figure out in the draft. Obviously, we still have a lot to figure out in training camp and so on, um, mm -hmm. as far as final rosters. But what are you, what are your predictions on on these two teams? Where where do you think that they'll maybe kind of land in the in the standings this year? Well, given given we can start with the links. Given the fact that like I mentioned, the uh, um, Courtney Williams and Elena Smith being applied 
and add it to the context of the links, but also um just what they bring to the table in addition to what's already been there. I think it's a, a hand in glove type of fit. Talk about Courtney Williams, a mm-hmm. uh, player that shot 50% on catching shoots from deep last season. Uh, obviously, it's, it remains to be seen if that's something that translates and sustains for her. But that was like, I think for like 100-something players that had 112-plus possessions doing so was the best. Um, if she can bring even like three-fourths of that to playing around if he's the Collier and the gravity that she has and the extra attention that she's always going to garner, in addition to playing and pick and roll and having the ball in her hands with Nafisa, that's going to be something that teams have to figure out how to deal with. If you switch it, Nafisa has post-ups galore, and she's one of the best post-playmakers and isolation playmakers in the, in the WNBA. Um, that just There's just so many different layers that come with adding the dynamic pieces that they did. I don't see why the Minnesota Lynx can't potentially have a top-five seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they get off to uh, a hot start, I can see them even pushing top four. Now, obviously, that there's a lot going on with the the top end in terms of contending teams in the W, but I do feel like with Shell Reeves on the sideline and um, just the growth of Diamond Miller being added to the mix in addition to the players that they've added, having Natisha Heidemann as well, I think that can be that can be something that just really kind of catches some people off guard because their moves weren't as loud as the moves that other teams made, and if they set themselves up position wise. To where their their um their ranking in terms of going into the playoffs is optimized, I could see them ended up in the second round or even potentially in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the work has to be done, but I think the pieces and the way they have their things aligned and the brain trust that they have to to command those groups is it's just something that that most teams don't have, and that's going to be a competitive advantage for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and just one more quick thing with Natisha, I think that. Last season, she struggled with the Connecticut Sun because there was just too much demand placed upon her. To now her being in a situation where, again, like I mentioned in the opening, she's back with Courtney Williams. That takes so much off the table for her where she can just play and be herself. And I think that that liberation that comes from that, in addition to, like you said, coming in a potentially a, a six-player role, all of that in terms of and also being in a new situation, that might just be all she needed to get her to be a 14-point scorer off the bench and potentially be a six-player of the year candidate, in addition to everything else that the Lynx have added. So I think it's going to be a fun season for this team. Uh, what are your thoughts on where the Lynx might be and then we can get to the sky after that? I agree. I, I do think that, you know, this – I don't want to say that this team will surprise people because, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're a talented team. They finished, you know, where they, they, they were a playoff team last year and they pushed Connecticut – um, yeah, Connecticut to, you know, three games in the opening round. So that they they have talent there. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I do agree that I think that they maybe take a little bit of a next step. They they do move into a top five team. I could even see them in top four. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's interesting the the moves that like Phoenix made in, um, you know, yeah. in Seattle as well. It's it we'll see how those um, those pieces mesh and, and how that results in, in them, um, you know, rising up the uh, standings or, or whatever, whatever that may be. But I, I do I I would agree that I think this is this is a top five team. Um, mm-hmm. I I I think that you know they they could you know like you said reach at least second round. I think that's very doable depending on you know how all the pieces mesh, how that that third option that I talked about earlier, how that goes into effect, how multidimensional they they end up becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I think that the, you know, they definitely made moves that improve them this off season. Um, and you look at, you know, how they finished last year, 
Um, you know, I, if you, you, you talk about improvement, what, you know, moving up one or two more spots in the standings, I think is very doable. So I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, they're, they're in my eyes, a top five team. And I think that they maybe even could surprise and, and move up, you know, maybe rise up a little bit um, throughout the year, even higher than that. Um, but how about, how about the sky on the other side of things? What, what are your thoughts on, on the sky and, and what they, they might be able to do this year? I think everything is going to be contingent upon what they do or what they're able to do with the third pick in this upcoming draft um, by way of Phoenix in that trade for Kalia Copper. I think um, if they can find a piece, and obviously it's hard to gauge who's going to come out of the draft and who might ultimately be available at this current moment in time, but if they could add a player like uh, Cameron Brink to their roster to go into this new rendition uh, and this new era for the franchise, I think that would help a ton. Obviously, there's other players um, that are available and that should be available in the draft. Um, but I just think they're they can they can pivot quickly. It doesn't have to be as um, as doomsday as it kind of feels and seems because it's a, such a contrast to what we've expected from this franchise the last couple of seasons. Um, but they're not they won't. I don't think they'll be in the playoffs this season. I think they can still remain competitive and just come up short off of a, a talent discrepancy with many teams. And I do expect for them to be an extremely scrappy and competitive team, um, kind of falling in alignment with what everything that uh, Teresa Weatherspoon is. But it's just going to be an uphill battle in terms of them compiling enough wins to get back into the playoffs like they did last season. Uh, so I think they will come up short of that. But I don't think it will be a lost season in terms of them taking steps, identifying things that they need to, to then go forward into the 2025 season and after that and potentially set themselves up for more success incrementally coming from everything that's come from this offseason now. So it's, yeah. it feels like doomsday, but it's definitely the bottom point for this team, but they're not going to be there for as long as I think it seems. Right. And, and the, the draft does fix a lot of things. If you get, you get a talent like Cambrink that, you know, that that'll obviously help, um, you know, kind mm -hmm. of jumpstart or kickstart um, this rebuild, but the, mm -hmm. it, it is just tough with how star heavy the, 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 you know, the W is and how top heavy it is right now um, mm -hmm. with the, you know, the limited amount of teams. I mean, you only have 12 teams and, and, you know, you have, you look at at least six or seven teams and in the kind of star power that they have that, you know, that only leaves, you know, one or two spots available. So it, it's, it's, it'll be tough. I think, you know, for Chicago, I, I do agree that um, unfortunately I think they, they might be one of the teams on the outside looking in um, when it comes to the playoffs, but um, like, like we just said, it it doesn't take long to to turn things around in this league. Um, and once you get that direction figured out, I think that you know it, it'll only continue to to rise up from there. But um, you, everybody goes through it. You got to go through the you know the the down years after you go through the up years, and it, it's kind of a roller coaster ride. Um, and then now it's just now it's just Chicago's turn. I mean, Minnesota went through that a couple years ago, and or even you know a year or two ago. Um, and it, it happens to everybody. So now it's now it's just ultimately uh, Chicago's turn to, to kind of go through those bumps and through those um, hurdles and, and to ultimately get back, um, you know, to the top. And, and it's also a, kind of a good time. You know, you don't want to say it's a good time to go through a rebuild, but it is kind of a good time to go through this right now because you look at mm -hmm. Chicago might be on the upswing or on the uptick and, you know, those other two other teams, you know, you look at the top two teams in the league, Las Vegas, and New York, maybe they're coming down from there. Um, you know, they're super teams at that time. So it could work out well for Chicago if they, you know, stick to the plan and stick to their vision, stick to their goal um, and ultimately build this team. But 
So, well, well cool. Um, Steven, that, that, that's really, um, that's, that's all I had. It was a lot of, a lot of great stuff, a lot of, a lot of great, um, you know, insight. Um, I really appreciate you, you giving a kind of a peek behind the curtain of, of these new players um, and, and what they could bring to Minnesota. I think a lot of, a lot of fans are excited about what, um, what these new players and what this new team can look like. And, um, you know, everything that you provided was, was good insight to, to kind of give an idea of, of what their games are like um, when, when players are, uh, um, if, if they're not familiar with, with who they are and what they can bring to a team. So I appreciate you joining um, and we'll definitely have to do this again soon. We'll, we'll maybe, uh, maybe something during the season, we'll have to check back in and, and see how everything is and um, see how things are going with both teams. So I, I really do appreciate you joining. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm glad I could share and also receive information that I might not have known priorly. It's definitely a great conversation. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk soon. All right, talk soon. Thanks. Thank you once again to Stephen for joining the podcast this week. As I mentioned, it was a great conversation with him. He offered a lot of insight and kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what what fans can expect out of Courtney Williams and Elena Smith specifically, um, as well as you know we we talked a little bit, or talked a little bit about um, you know just kind of the the pieces that. Um, have been shifting between these two teams, it seems like, this offseason. And, um, you know, some former Minnesota Lynx players going over to the Chicago Sky and vice versa. So it, it was great to um, great to chat with Steven. Um, really appreciate him. We'll definitely have to have him on the podcast again sometime soon. He's, he, as you can tell, he's very knowledgeable about the game, about the league. And uh, it was a really great conversation. So appreciate uh, Stephen for joining the podcast. I also want to give a shout out to Jeremy Rushing for producing this podcast every week, doing the great work on the back end to make sure this podcast gets out in a timely fashion. It makes me sound like I'm less crazy than I actually am. And I appreciate everything that Jeremy does for this podcast in, in helping uh, making sure that Hitting the Hardwood gets on the airwaves to all of you every every edition, every week um, throughout the year and um, as we continue on in this off season as well. Um, I also want to, if you're looking for more coverage on the links, um, as you hear in this podcast, please go check out our, our Patreon page, hitting the hard, or, uh, patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. There's well, you'll, you'll get all of the breaking news, all of the news um, surrounding the links this off season. Um, and, you know, everything from bonus coverage to uh, discounts that are hitting the hardwood store. Um, everything that that you could want, um, and then some. Uh, I share a lot of information that I don't share elsewhere on, on our Patreon page. Um, so please go check that out. Consider starting a free trial. Consider, uh, if, if you're willing and able, um, please uh, sign up for a membership. Um, I, I promise that it'll, it'll be worth it, and I, I welcome feedback to, to everything that we do on there. If there's something that our patrons aren't receiving that they want to start receiving, please reach out. You can always email us at, at hittingthehardwood at gmail.com. Um, and that goes for anything with this podcast, any suggestions, feedback that you may have. Please reach out to us and let us know. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to our two partners who have been um, with Hitting the Hardwood here since day one, that being Better Edge and Homage. Um, let's start with Better Edge. Our, our friends at Better Edge, they do, uh, uh, it's one of my favorite betting apps, if not my favorite betting app that I use. Um, it, you can use it anywhere you'd like. It's a Minneapolis-based company. Uh, those of you who are in Minnesota, you understand the the, the kind of the inability to, to bet on a lot of sports right now. Better Edge um, allows you that ability to do that. You can bet against your friends. You can bet against in competitions. You can do pickums. You can do anything you want on the WNBA, the NBA, the basketball. Um, you know any any sport you can think of. Um, you can you can bet uh, you know in in play and, and win some money in Better Edge. So go check out betteredge.com. B e t t o r edge.com. If you're a first time user, go to betteredge.com forward slash links. Use the promo code links L Y N X. 
And like I said, if you're a first-time user, you get $20 in free play when you go to that link and you sign up and create an account. So go, go check that out. Give it a try. See how you like it. You'll be hooked. I guarantee it. I am. Um, I use it regularly. Um, throughout the WNBA season, I'm a little bit more active. I'll do some competitions. You can come take my money. Um, but it's, it's all good fun, and you should really go check out Better Edge. It's a great company, great people there. Um, and it's a really user-friendly platform, and I, I really do enjoy it myself. Um, second one is Homage. Homage does a lot of great vintage clothing, um, a lot of modern clothing. You can uh, find everything and more um, at homage, H-O-M-A-G-E dot com. Um, if you visit our website, our social media platforms, you'll find two, um, two specialty links, um, one for Minnesota Lynx gear, one for WNBA gear. If you click on that and you purchase something through those links, you benefit uh, or a portion of those those proceeds or the purchase. It doesn't cost you anything more, but a, a percentage of those comes back to support hitting the hardwood. So I appreciate anything you can do. Um, there's a lot of great WNBA gear, um, specifically talking about the WNBA um, on Homage or on Homage's website. Um, me personally, I you hear me talk about it on here all the time. I have the Timber or the Timberwolves. Uh, you can get Timberwolves gear, but I have the the Lynx hoodie, I have the Lynx t-shirt, and I have the the WNBA charcoal um, t-shirt, which are three of my favorite things. I'm actually wearing the the Lynx t-shirt right now, so I it's one of my favorite um, favorite you know clothing items that I have, um, as well as what we have at the Hitting Hardwood store. I, I must admit, but please go check out Homage H O M A G E dot com. A lot of great gear, a lot of uh, like I said, vintage gear. They have some old logo. Um, t-shirts and and different different uh, vintage gear as well as the modern gear with with the logos of every WNBA team and other uh, sports leagues that that you could want with that said I really appreciate you tuning into another episode of hitting the hardwood Um, as the offseason continues we'll continue to do these periodically I'll pick this uh, podcast up um, as the as the WNBA season starts which is right around the corner it's it'll come here before we know it uh, but but enjoy the rest of the offseason. Enjoy the, the free agency madness that, that has begun and will continue to happen. Enjoy March Madness coming up. We'll check in before then, but enjoy March Madness. Um, keep an eye on those those college prospects and uh, who the Lynx could potentially target with that number seven pick if they hold or if they continue to, to hold that um, draft pick leading up to the draft. Um, but there's a lot of exciting uh, prospects coming out and... Uh, Leading up to the draft, it'll it'll be exciting to see what what all happens, who comes out and declares for the draft, and ultimately what that pool looks like as we continue to to build out the rosters and in, in, um, inch closer to training camp and the start of the 2024 season. So once again, thank you all for tuning in, and I will catch you all on the next episode.